My name is Zach Arnold. I'm a Hollywood film and television editor, a documentary director, father of two, an American Ninja Warrior in training, and the creator of Optimize Yourself. For over 10 years now, I have obsessively searched for every possible way to optimize my own creative and athletic performance, and now I'm here to shorten your learning curve. Whether you're a creative professional who edits, writes, or directs, you're an entrepreneur, or even if you're a weekend warrior, I strongly believe you can be successful without sacrificing your health or your sanity in the process. You ready? Let's design the optimized version of you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Optimize Yourself podcast. Whether you're brand new to the show or you're a seasoned vet, it would mean the world to me if you took just one minute to share this episode with a friend or a colleague who could benefit from what you learned today. And don't forget to also click the subscribe button in your podcast app of choice, because the more subscribers we have, the more that iTunes and the other platforms recognize this show, and thus the more people that you and I can inspire to step outside their comfort zones to reach their greatest potential. And now on to today's show, which is a special episode where I provide my articles in audio form so you have the opportunity to walk and listen instead of sit and read if that is your preference. My hope is that you will use this opportunity to get up and step away from your chair for at least the next 15 to 20 minutes and build the habit of moving more, whether you're working right now, stuck at home, or otherwise. The following is a reading of my article, Dear Hollywood, We Don't Want to Go Back to Normal, Normal Wasn't Working, which you can read and find all of the links for at optimizeyourself.me normal. If you find this article helpful, it would mean the world to me if you'd be willing to share it with your friends and followers via email, social, or otherwise. At the end of this article reading, I provide three very simple and concrete action steps to help get the word out about the importance of us protecting ourselves from the new normal that's about to come if we don't fight back. And that includes sharing the post, including what wasn't working for you before the pandemic hit that you never want to go back to, and tagging me so we can add your post to this growing list. Thank you so much for your support. Dear Hollywood, I have something I desperately need to share with you. You might find it surprising coming from a 20-year veteran who owes his livelihood to you, but it needs to be said, and I apologize if this upsets you. Actually, you know what? Sorry, not sorry. Your shows are not worth dying for. This is not the first time that I've expressed my frustration with the insane way in which we approach our livelihoods in this industry. The ridiculously long hours, the chronic sleep deprivation, the complete and utter lack of any work-life balance, and the families, marriages, and lives that are destroyed or taken way too early by the perpetual content machine that is Hollywood. In fact, I have spent the last six years screaming from the rooftops into any megaphone that I can find that we create entertainment for a living. We are not curing cancer. Sure, we all agree that things could be better in the entertainment industry, and we're all doing our best to make small changes here and there. But up until a few months ago, we were all just too busy to really examine what fundamental changes must be made from the ground up to better protect the livelihood of the craftspeople who sacrifice their health, their personal lives, and their sanity, all for the noble pursuit of creating more content. And then COVID-19 came along and it changed the game. 
Since the pandemic began, the entertainment industry worldwide has watched from the sidelines, crippled, lifeless, desperately scrambling to figure out what protocols to put in place so we can go back to work while simultaneously protecting workers from becoming infected. Whether it's the Cinematographers Guild, the Editors Guild, the AMPTP, the AFL-CIO, the DGA, SAG-AFTRA, IATSE, OSHA, and all of these other many organizations, everyone globally is doing its absolute best to figure out what it will take for us to safely resume production as quickly as possible. But in our desperate pursuit to overcome the immense challenge of working amidst a global pandemic so we can quote unquote, get back to normal, we are overlooking the equally important and blatantly obvious issue that is yet to be addressed. Normal wasn't working. The fallacy of building the plane while flying it. For decades, Hollywood has fallen prey to the fallacy of building the plane while flying it, an idiom popularized by Silicon Valley that was born from iterative software development, whereby you ship your product as early as possible, you fix it, you ship it again, you fix it again, and so on, as opposed to tinkering and fixing for years privately within a controlled team before you ship to the public. The industry has been aware for decades that the demanding hours and harsh working conditions are less than ideal for everyone involved, all the way from the PA getting coffee up to the mega directors and the Oscar-winning stars, not to mention the boots-on-the-ground craftspeople who spend 16 to 20-plus hours a day on set, not including their horrendous commutes, or the post-production professionals that are sleeping in their edit bays to meet insane deadlines and impossible delivery schedules but there's just too much to do with too little time to stop the machine and really fix it. While I do believe the industry has made some good faith efforts to implement incremental changes to better protect the craftspeople, there has yet to be any transformative change. And the argument for this was simple. The show must go on. Well, guess what? For the first time in cinema history, the show is not going on. The plane is no longer barreling through the air at 575 miles per hour, such that we can't make substantial repairs and upgrades. We can no longer make the excuse that there isn't time or the budget to change the working conditions and demands of our industry, since deadlines and release dates have already been set and they must be met. For the first time in cinema history, the plane is stuck in the hangar. For the first time in cinema history, we have the opportunity to build a brand new plane. But in order to fix something, we first have to be willing to recognize what wasn't working. A standard, standard contract that expects a 60-hour work week before any discussion of overtime was not working. Eating lunches at our desks because it's socially unacceptable to take breaks wasn't working. The cultural pressure to show up to work every single day, even when you were sick and you could make other people sick, definitely wasn't working. Certainly not going to work going forwards. Parents terrified that having kids will make them less desirable as a potential hire because they have outside responsibilities and they aren't able to give everything to the job wasn't working. Missing out on the moments that truly matter, birthdays, anniversaries, dinners with friends, or family time for the sake of just one more output wasn't working. Thinking that just one more setup is a good enough excuse to shoot well into the night forcing crew members to either stay in a hotel between shifts or risk their lives driving home drowsy or, better known as cognitively drunk, that wasn't working. Being bullied into putting unpaid overtime on your time card because there just isn't a budget wasn't working. Exchanging an on-call workday where you didn't need to come in with a weekend where you are needed without being paid overtime, by the way, that wasn't working. 
the perpetual lie that working from home was not a secure or sustainable workflow was not working. Consistently putting our kids to bed via FaceTime wasn't working. Looking down upon or shaming someone willing to set boundaries between their personal and their work lives wasn't working. The prevailing notion that how many hours you work defines your productivity and effectiveness, not what you were able to accomplish during those hours, wasn't working. Assuming that we prefer windowless rooms because editors are weird like that and depriving us of the most basic human need of sunlight was not working. Wearing your sleep deprivation badge of honor and bragging about how many nights you slept on your couch to meet deadlines wasn't working. The assumption that you can process four to six hours of dailies per day and still keep up the camera, plus deliver editor's cuts with detailed sound design and music beds with only three days after production wraps your episode, well, that wasn't working. The argument that transitioning from a successful multi-season show to season one of a new show requires a substantial pay cut because pilots in season one shows have lower budgets, that was not working. Not giving the assistants the ability to negotiate a rate based on their skills or their experience and capping them at scale no matter what was not working. The vast majority of high-profile reality and unscripted shows being non-union and providing zero protection for their cast and crew wasn't working. The toxic work culture that eventually led to the Me Too movement wasn't working. The belief that quote-unquote hiring the most qualified candidate was enough justification to overlook the lack of diversity and minority representation in our industry wasn't working. The prevailing belief that you need to pay your dues and work for free in order to break into the industry, thus disqualifying countless candidates who couldn't afford to work for free in order to gain that much needed experience and build relationships, that wasn't working. Now I have probably missed 150 equally important things that weren't working. And if you listen until the end of this article, I will show you how you can add your most important needs to this list. But hopefully you're starting to get the point. Normal wasn't effing working. You think it was bad before? Oh, just wait. It is painfully clear that normal wasn't working before the pandemic. But if we don't start having very difficult conversations about what needs to change in our industry, it's only going to get exponentially worse. And in fact, it's already happening. If we don't address the important issues preventing us from living a sustainable life in this industry head on, before production starts again, we are going to long for the good old days when production covered our lunches, if we begged, of course, bought printer paper and toner, provided us editing equipment and furniture, and they made sure that our offices had things like lights and air conditioning. Well, guess who's paying for all those things while you work from home, providing your own editing hardware and software, paying your increased electricity and internet bills, all while desperately clinging to any paycheck that's available right now? Yeah, that's right, you. If we don't begin to set boundaries and have the confidence to respect ourselves, we're gonna cherish the warm and fond memories of having some semblance of a barrier between work life and home life, knowing that if we weren't actually in the office, then we weren't immediately on call 24 hours a day at the beck and call of every random urgent need of the directors and producers. You think being stuck at home unemployed is tough right now? Wait until you're working from home and you're getting text messages on a Saturday afternoon for just a quick fix. You know, just cause your machine's available and you're probably not going anywhere, right? Tee hee. Oh, you thought you were underpaid for your services before. 
wait until the job market opens again, and we all desperately claw our way to the bottom and devalue our rates, knowing that there will be lower budgets and less shows for the foreseeable future. But as long as you're working, right? While the majority of post-production professionals are unemployed, wishing that they had some form of sustainable income, the minority of those who are still working, well, they're getting their asses kicked. Seven-day weeks, 16-hour days, no kit rentals to cover the use of their own equipment in their own space, no boundaries between home and work, all while trying to homeschool their kids and manage their own sanity during lockdown. As we await production to start again, guess what? This is Hollywood's trial period to see what boundaries can be pushed in service of keeping us gainfully employed. How much are we really willing to concede in exchange for what will be smaller paychecks for more work in even less time than before? But hey, listen, we should be lucky to have any work at all right now, right? Right? Sorry, Hollywood, but we're not lucky to be here. You are lucky to have us. If now isn't the time, then when? In March, we didn't know what we were dealing with, but now we do. COVID-19 isn't going away anytime soon. We are playing a long game of chess for at least a year or even more. At some point, we have to figure out a way to get back to work safely with minimal exposure to the virus. Lives will absolutely be lost, but this industry, frankly, was killing us before the pandemic. We are just now more acutely aware of the dangers that we face. Thankfully, we have countless organizations and medical professionals that are compiling hundreds of pages of industry-wide guidelines, all of which I shared at the top of this article, which outline in excruciating detail the necessary safety guidelines and protocols that must be put in place in order to protect all of us. But while the professionals focus on the safety protocols that will protect us from COVID-19, we as individuals need to focus on the importance of this moment and the stance that we must take now to protect us from ourselves. As I argue in excruciating detail in a previous article, it is so tempting to blame the studio executives and producers for the poor working conditions and the unhealthy lifestyles, but it's not their fault, this is our fault. We have spent decades collectively enabling, accepting, and perpetuating all of the behaviors outlined above, all in fear of losing our jobs. But guess what? Practically none of us have jobs right now anyways. For the first time in cinema history, we have nothing to lose. If ever there was a time to set boundaries and demand change, it is right now. The list of requests is overwhelming. I totally get it. We are not going to change everything overnight or, frankly, ever. But while we have this window of opportunity, we need to focus on what I believe are the three most vital things that we must not back down on when production begins again. Number one. Do not sign liability waivers. Seriously, I can't believe I even have to write this. But there's no more important precedent to set with the industry than our refusal to sign away our lives, literally, for the privilege of having work. Number two, the standard, quote unquote, said very sarcastically, 60-hour work week has to go, period. Point me to a scientific study that shows more work hours beyond 45 leads to increased productivity and creativity, and I will send you 100 studies that definitively disprove your theory. More hours does not equal more output. And more importantly, the harder we work, the more compromised our immune systems become, and the more likely we are to not only contract, but also spread COVID-19. Number three, Paid kit rentals should be standard for everyone that's working from home. 
If you provide equipment that the production or facility would have provided before, you should be compensated accordingly. This includes stipends to cover faster internet, electricity, printer toner, etc., etc., etc. I know how badly we all want to get back to work, but imagine the possibilities if we all made a collective effort to do this right instead of doing it fast. That's a new version of Hollywood that I'm actually willing to be a part of, because frankly, the alternative terrifies me. So if you would like to have your concerns added to this list, here's how it works. There's a lot of things that were not working in Hollywood, and frankly, the entire entertainment industry worldwide. So if you would like to contribute to this ever-growing list, here's how you can participate. Number one, I want you to go to the link for this episode that I shared earlier, optimizeyourself.me normal, and I want you to share this article in your community of choice. You can use the share buttons in the article. You can put it in Facebook groups, Reddit threads. You can email it to friends and family. I don't care. Number two, when you send your post, I want you to specifically express what wasn't working for you in your life that needs to change. Very common example, ah, being stuck in traffic for four hours a day wasn't working. And then number three, this is the most important part. I need you to tag me so we can find your post and we can add it to this article. At the URL for this article, I provide links to my Facebook page, my Instagram profile, my LinkedIn profile, and my Reddit profile. By the way, I'm not on Twitter and I will not be caught dead there. I promise that I and my team are gonna do our best to keep up with all of your posts and add your concerns to this list anonymously. Collectively, we can all make change happen. I hope you enjoyed my reading of the article, Dear Hollywood, We Don't Want to Go Back to Normal, Normal Wasn't Working, which can be read at optimizeyourself.me normal. As a reminder, if you find this article helpful, it would mean the world to me if you'd be willing to share it with your friends and followers via email, social, or otherwise. At the end of this article reading, I provide three very simple and concrete action steps to help get the word out about the importance of us protecting ourselves from the new normal that's about to come if we don't fight back. And that includes sharing the post, including what wasn't working for you before the pandemic hit that you never want to go back to, and tagging me so we can add your post to this growing list. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you for listening. Stay safe, healthy, and sane, and be well.